Welcome to Switcheroo, a dirty little podcast about religion, sex, and all the in-between parts. With your hosts, Maggie Baxter, an atheist turned evangelical, and Nick Vu, an evangelical turned atheist. Will you fucking relax? What is wrong with me? (laughs) podcasts to sound cool that's why i'm here thank you because you're really cool take whatever's coming out of my mouth and chop it together in the way that makes your podcast oh we can like deep fake your presence i don't care into anything let's make her tom cruise i was gonna say barack obama oh even better barack obama's joining us today on the switch room (laughs) podcast say hello barack we're (laughs) on a first name basis (laughs) hi I am Barack. <laughs> Bill Clinton was so much easier to fake because he had the thumbs thing that he That's did. That's not going to play well on podcasts. I know, you know, but like even doing it forces your voice to do the Bill Clinton voice. That's not the worst. Thank you. I've heard. Thanks. But cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Shanna, you were the first person we wanted as an interviewee. Oh. It's true. To be interviewed. Wow. It's from true. the beginning. And from now day you've had, one. You've had hundreds. We've had thousands. Okay. No, cool, you're the first. A cool mill. Yes. Great. A cool mill. Yeah. And we'll yeah, we'll send you a licensing check for a few million. Okay. Probably on Thursday. Alright. Which will be good. Oh yeah, our podcast is about sex and religion. I do know that. And yeah. all the in between parts. All the in between. It's a dirty little We podcast. the three of us have a lot to say on this subject that's why we're doing this yeah. and i bet you guys this is the point you guys are gonna you guys find all the people like us who have a lot to say about this that's the hope we're the only ones we're, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're the three actually while we've been sitting here there an apocalypse has taken place outside and it's only us from I, from here oh, on the out. rapture yes oh it's happened yeah it happened and it's a happy sunny, rapture and it's a happy, sunny, rapture. happy rapture everyone. happy rapture 9-11 2021 <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thunk? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, what I heard was that Maggie was a gnarly bad atheist yeah. until you came along. I was a Shanna. dirty, messy, <sighs> sex crazed piece of garbage, street yeah. garbage. Until she found redemption in your religion that you shared with her. She was she was seeking something. <laughs> I was on. I was on a path. <laughs> I, was, I was on a path straight. I was actually riding in in a literal yeah. handbasket. I have on a, my way to. I'm going to have a lot of feelings about a lot of the things we're going to talk about because that's okay. We can make space for that. Well, there's 16 year old Jana or 22 year old Jenner. I don't know because I think I left around 2021. 20, I don't know. Left the church. Yeah, 23. 
Yeah. 23 is when I started phasing out. Yeah. But I have, I can remember what I felt like going through that with you from that vantage point, And I know how I feel now. And there is crossover. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think the predominant feeling was, you know, how sometimes, like, I'm not, not a big proponent of like, everybody should join the military. But there's some people that you're like, maybe you should join the military. Yeah. Like, you need like for the structure. Like, yeah, you maybe need you something. Need yeah. yeah. Like, oh, and okay. so yeah. f- when it came to you and the, the, the stuff, the stuff you were into. I was into some. And the way that your shit. heart was just like <laughs> running around. In and out of garbage pails. You weren't keeping your I heart was, three stacks? I was not keeping my heart three stacks. Like, like I just was like, I wasn't really, and you you know me, like, I wasn't really, I wasn't like the soapboxer who was like, everybody needs to subscribe. Yeah. But I was like, maybe she needs to subscribe. This might be good for you. Were you that much of a hot mess? I was Maggie? a pretty hot mess. Like in my early twenties, especially like nineteen twenty, I was really. When did bad I meet you? Mess. How old were you? I was no, that was twenty four when we. Okay, that was together. a little while. I was also Maggie's words. I was her confessional. That's true. Mm. So there were things that she told me that she needed to tell me because she didn't tell anybody else. Yeah, and I was like that space. She Space between the screen. My conscience. On the other side of the screen. My conscience. Yeah. In a way. A formal introduction. This is Shanna Davey. Joining us. Wait, are you on okay using last names or should we cut your last name out? Um we can bleep you it. You can use it. I also you can also be call, real famous You can this. also call me Shanna Bell. I'm Shanna Bell. Shanna Bell. So. Is Bell a middle name? Mm-hmm. But not Bell. not B E L L E. B E L L. Like, like Alexander Dong. Graham. Yeah. yeah. Shanna is connected to the Switcheroo podcast because she is my oldest high school friend. We've known each other for over 20 years now. Is that the name of your podcast? Switcheroo. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> because she is an atheist turned evangelical and I'm an evangelical turned atheist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we explore the in-between parts. Mm. Between. Which is usually sex and religion. Yeah. I mean, because atheists are a bunch of horn dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Really horny porn. I mean, that's what Christians like to think, and it's true. It's true. (laughs) But the thing is, they're also horn dogs. I know. And maybe even more so, they just don't talk about it. And for that reason, it's always on their mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Evangelicals are a bunch of dirty, dirty babies. (laughs) Dirty, dirty diaper babies. Were you super horny as a Christian? Uh, (laughs) I mean, I've always, I've been, I think I've been as horny as I've ever been, except for very specific times in life where I needed, what? I don't know what I needed. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it plays into it. Hmm. They don't connect. They don't connect in my mind. Okay. I know I felt a lot of, a lot of guilt about being horny as a Christian, but I don't think that that thread, like, I don't think I was more or less horny as a Christian or not a Christian. Were you having sex when you were a Christian? Uh, That's debatable. Because it's like, I was on this, like, very specific, I was, like, walking the edge of, like, not calling myself a Christian, Mm -hmm. and I'd kind of been on that edge for a couple years when I started having sex. Yeah. At 23. Oh, yeah. nice. I was 24. Woo. 
That was a high five right over the mic. <laughs> we just Eiffel Towered the mic. <laughs> Shanna was my introduction to the Christian religion and and a number of different uh, aspects of that as we explored a lot of things. But we had a a group <laughs> um, spirit or captained by our our facilitator or our high school advisor. Mr. Rock My World, uh, <laughs> who who started or helped us start a philosophy club, which I think was really oh, just so like, because I was like really into Buddhism my senior year, like really into Buddhism, uh, mostly because there was a hot guy who practiced Buddhism. I was going to say, why class. did you, yeah, why did Christianity end up taking traction instead of? It didn't until later, but Buddhism was okay. like my thing in my senior year of high school because of Jeff, sweet, sweet Jeffy, Jeffy baby. Do you know who this Jeffy baby I is? I don't remember. You don't remember Jeff? Well, the yearbook. I also remember this philosophy club, like, like the teeniest amount. I believe, if I remember correctly, because I put my own memory filter over the actual events, I believe that you and Mr. Rock kind of got together to start a philosophy club knowing that you were both Christians and that that might be like a good oh, on like ramp like an on, on ramp into talking about Christianity that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i didn't recognize that at the time and I, and we like talked about all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. so it was fine but we did talk about jesus in it, philosophy it group, does so. make sense that if you put a bunch of Christians in a room together though and say, hey, let's and, start a philosophy club. And talk about life there would and the be meaning a, of life. Yeah. yeah. Bias that would emerge. That would make yes. Sense. I so. think that that was uh, I think that that was maybe the subversive intent of the the beginning of the group. But to more sub- subversive than subversive than my prefrontal cortex was aware <laughs> of at the time. And hmm. I, I think that actually is like a really good picture of what my entire experience as a Christian has been, which is like, I went into ministry. I didn't know that I was doing actual damage to people's lives by like (laughs) singing worship songs (laughs) until outside of it. Anyway, I don't know. You turned out pretty great. Thanks. Uh, Mostly. Okay. I have a question. So it sounded like early on you had a very sort of an asymmetrical dynamic where you were Maggie seeking something and Shanna was an anchor or a sounding board mm-hmm. or something. And then at some point you, yeah, you became Christian and took yeah. that pretty seriously. And Shanna, you were well, just moving for the away. Rep- and so I'm just kind of curious about the dynamic of your friendship and how that has evolved. And you're still very close friends, even and though I- these like very core life beliefs have changed. Absolutely. I would say for the record, I am still Maggie's anchor. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yep. She is still a shit show. (laughs) That is extremely accurate. (laughs) More accurate than I would like to admit. But twist. Maggie has emerged as my anchor as well. Oh, I'm going to go in the other room. I'm going to go cry. Well, well, let's start, like, on the earlier side of that. Did that feel like a mutual friendship early on? Yeah. Maggie's Um, really funny. Yeah, she is. (laughs) And 
she's she's always been a really good cook. She's really funny. She's the most fiercely loyal and like like chronically in love person I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Still to this yeah. day. She falls harder and faster and with more like vim and vigor than anyone I know and nothing in life has taken that away from her. She's just become more like smart about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. Thanks. So yeah. from day one, I was just like, ooh, this fire burns bright. It nice. always felt very, it felt very equal mm. in that way. Mm. Although sometimes it? there were times in the before times that I felt like I was afraid for you. My junior year, you wrote in my yearbook that I was a faith hoe. <laughs> 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 Which is, I feel like pretty, another pretty accurate representation of who I was. I was like all over the place looking for stuff. But I really, like, I mean, my story is very centered around my relationship with my father and and a need to be, like, accepted and loved by men. Mm. And so (laughs) I did a lot of exploring that and what that meant, but in really detrimental ways to my personal health. And Shanna was the first person who kind of clued me into, like, this is not good for you. Like, this is unhealthy and, and not necessarily from like a Jesus is crying kind of way, but in a, in a, like, I see who you are and this is not. It's destructive for you. She's incredibly insightful when it comes to like looking into someone's spirit and understanding Mm. what they need or could accomplish what their potential is. And when I figure out how to make as much money as possible, from doing what you just said, I'm going to be set. I'm going to be made. It's my yeah. life. Yeah. It's my, mm. that's part of my life trajectory. Yeah. Turn that into cool. pentacle power. Yeah. She's, it continues to be kind of a spiritual guru for me. Nice. In a lot of ways. What does your spirituality look like now, these days? So I feel like from the beginning, it's always been the same. And then like the same things that led me like deep into Christianity led me out of Christianity, but that relationship remains the same. Can you say a little more about that? What were the things that led you in and also led you out? I, well, okay. So when I was growing up, I needed a dad because my dad was really shitty and my home life was really chaotic. But what my, my mom did to counter that was she started going to church. So she didn't, I don't, I don't, I still to this day don't know if she really believed in God or anything, but she was like, Okay, if I can get involved in church, I'll have community around me, and your dad doesn't go to church, so we'll be at church Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday. Oh, you went <laughs> four that. times a yeah. week. And I went to, a, I liked my church. Like, I, a lot of people have terrible memories of churches, but, like, we went to this cool, non-denominational, like, Christian church in, you know, downtown Seattle that, you know, played rock songs and mm-hmm. was in, it was actually in Franklin High School before Franklin yeah. High School started actively being a high school again. It was just used to be this big, empty high school. And oh. so I have a lot of childhood memories because the church would just use certain parts of it. But but since I was like a church kid, I like felt like, you know, like a, a mouse in the Redwall series. And I could like go unlock <laughs> other parts of the school and just like yes. run around with other kids and steal donuts out of the you know <laughs> the donut the, machine the like no there's always donuts at church yes true that's <laughs> that's true that's there's true. always donuts 
somewhere. Is that why you brought donuts? Is that a church thing to do? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, They're good. Shout out to Mount Fuji Donuts. Yeah. And like, Thanks, Mount Fuji. <laughs> the rhetoric that I was raised with was not the fire and brimstone and the mm. like, everyone's going to hell. And it was it was like the love, compassion, acceptance, um, like I, all the, all the bad stuff filters in a little bit. Uh, I mean, I was in the church in the 80s and 90s. So, like, yeah. like whatever. Uh, I'm sure, whatever. Definitely was, purity culture. Yeah, was whatever was happening was happening. And I have a ton of shit that was bad from what I learned. But some of the things mm-hmm. I learned were, like, how to recognize what love is and what love isn't. And so it was pretty clear to me early on that, like, oh, my home life is fucked. But mm-hmm. I have, you know big daddy Jesus. And I would like, when I was little, I would imagine like crawling up on his lap for like Mm. good nights and stuff. So I totally had this like imagination world of like true father and it got me through. And I feel like I have fucked up shit to work through, but like it really gave me some real grounding, like legs to stand on. And like in, in, I mean, a little jumping ahead a little bit, but like, that's kind of what I saw Maggie needed was like, there's like a lot being a lot of energy putting out into the world because you need something like you need something that you're not getting. But like, I do know that this works. Yeah. If you like throw your heart into it. Yeah. And it created a stability. And so I was able to like, I never felt a lack. I feel I felt like a physical, tangible world lack. But even now, like, and even I've though I've like, dealt with some of my own demons and like unpacked a lot of shit and discovered a lot about myself that I was like regressing. I, n- I still never felt like I was unloved. I always felt like God loved me and I still feel like God loves me. I just don't, mm. that leads me to like, what does that look like now? Then it looked like Christianity. Now it looked like, I kind of feel like every faith practice is just like a tool in your toolbox to get at the same goddamn thing (laughs) and you either have a relationship with it or you don't and i think everybody can and whatever works for you if you're like this napkin helps me tap in to this is my faith practice Mm -hmm. fucking spend time with that napkin i don't care you know um, it's not harming anyone i would even go as far to say i could create a faith practice out of this napkin i can guarantee you that so like and then you get these bits of community and then and then if you really really truly put yourself into a practice you get to see reflections of god in that practice and you learn about it and it evolves over time because you evolve over time and so Mm. all that to say now uh in the last like like four years five years i've gotten really like what faith practice looks like for me on the weekly is like i've gotten really into tarot cards um as like a nice window to like look at myself and to interact with like, that helps me plug in. Is that the right pronunciation, tarot? I say tarot or tarot, sort of like you could say croissant tarot or croissant or gouda or howda. I This is howda. A lot of people. The Dutch. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I just grab. Sometimes I say yeah. tarot. Sometimes I say It tarot. makes you sound more authoritative because I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> maybe because maybe we're on a podcast. I was I like, guess. okay, God, I need all and the I help I can get. called you out. <laughs> yeah. So another side note. Shanna was at one time a cheesemonger. Yes. And oh. I think I think once a cheesemonger, always a cheesemonger. So you're allowed to have an Mong. expertise in, in how to well, and the, pronu- the proper pronunciation of And, how like, to. I would never 
say how to because <laughs> I don't want the person who's like my customer to feel like a fucking asshole. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I always would say, Gouda. It's I'm, almost like weaponizing right. your language your to, intellect. to show your superiority. Yeah. But then I worked yeah. with a lot of people who would never say Gouda because they're like, it's our job to teach people how to, to like educate how to, people. How to, how to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, tarot cards, tarot cards, um, being in nature. And then I just joined a coven. Yeah. And... Well. That's been really cool because it is a very female-centered practice. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of blowing my mind, and I still am trying to get comfortable with it. Um, I'm also trying to get comfortable with subscribing to anything in general. Because ever since leaving the Christian church, I was like, I'm never going to call myself a a whatever again. Blanket statement, like, Mm -hmm. people change. And once you start calling yourself something, you're, like, yoking yourself to this expectation of yourself. And, like, anyway. So this is the first, like, any kind of organized faith practice that I've attended regularly since leaving the Christian church. Yeah. But... I'm open to a la carding lots of different experiences. Me too. Yeah. I like that. I also want to um, say that as I have ex- just recently exited the Christian church. Um, Wait, I don't know that that's been announced on our podcast. Oh, I quit my job. I don't. At the church. Yeah, I don't work at a church anymore. Oh. Actually, I still work for one church, but only for a couple more weeks. Yeah. But I resigned my role as a person in leadership at. And so you've been working for churches for how long? 15 years. Yeah, that's pretty big deal. But my, like, unofficial next step is to... Start a coven. Explore explore witchcraft. Cool. Oh, So it's... um, I mean, I feel like the actual practice of the craft is more something that I'm interested in, uh, maybe even separate from a, a spiritual practice. Which I think that the two are probably a lot more connected than I want to give it credit. But I'm, like, more interested in the the practice of herbalism and connectivity to the earth. And eventually that will, I'm sure, translate to a different spiritual practice. But anyway. Can we uh, just describe witchcraft a little bit for our listeners that might be a little more traditional? And they hear witchcraft and they're probably thinking, like, that is basically Satanism yeah. uh, for women. I think we're both going to have different answers, Oh yeah, too. And, um, I, I, don't, yeah, and I, I don't have any okay, answers, so I would a, love to hear your perspective. Let's go around the table so, and say, like, yeah, what's that? Witchcraft. Well, what is it? What does that mean? And how is that not us tapping into pure evil? So I am on the fence. Well, I do not call myself a witch, except sometimes I call myself a witch now, <laughs> just to, like, try it on. But um, I'm not like married to the term um what i what i will say is i'm practicing paganism by following the wicca high holy days mm-hmm. which are an ancient faith practice um that predate even our recognition of the seasons spring and autumn mm-hmm. it's when you used to just have summer, summer. and winter mm-hmm. and it is like in florida yeah Exactly like Florida. So if you ever need to know about paganism. Back when the whole earth was one landmass called Florida. Right. So Wiccans, because I think pagan is more of an umbrella term, but Wiccans typically, and I know that I'm going to put my foot in my mouth no, no matter what, because A, I'm very new to this, but B, there's a lot of variation and it's 
largely more of a private practice or a small or small isolated gatherings. Mm -hmm. So there isn't a lot of blanket consensus when it comes to Wiccans or paganism, because it is, it is not like a mega church. Yeah. I was going to say, there's not a lot of Wiccan mega churches. Yeah. So like I could say one thing and, or any coven across the country or the world could say something and have a completely different practice. Which is actually similar across all religions. Like if you try to like, what is Hinduism? Right. Like that's a weird question for any Hindu because it's a very localized thing. Yeah. And even for Christianity until very recently where it's like standardized, uh, I don't know. Southern Baptist yeah. has to believe this. Yeah. Like, that's a new idea. People were just meeting in small groups. You and know, doing what they before felt. Mass communication and stuff. Yeah. And doing how, they, how they right. worked. Yeah. Right. So it like there's a lot of history in Absolutely. this type of spirituality of like a sort of small tribal. Which probably thing. says a lot about our cultural need to like belong and uh or to be on the right team. That like that, that separation that uh, two-party system kind of like I have to agree with everything that this echo chamber believes in in order to yeah and we're seeing and the other tribes for the first time yeah right. and so we're like able to compare and say no you're wrong mm-hmm. or no you're one of us well or we never really had to do that because you never saw anyone outside of your tribe yeah but absolutely so I've interrupted you and and like Continue. with Wicca there's only a few things that by and large most Wiccans agree with. One of them is do what, do what ye will harm no one is like one of the only things that's across the board. So, so kind of like leading up to that, it's kind of like napkin worship. If that's what your coven's into. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody. (laughs) But. And and something we've been saying a lot in like most podcasts is like, I don't care what you believe. Just show me how you treat people. Right. That's great. I really like that. So what I'm doing right now, personally, the way that I'm practicing is looking at that there's eight high holy days that wrap around the calendar year, and they just mark the change of season. Hmm. And it's they mark the change in season in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different stories, but it essentially follows this love story between the god and the goddess, and how the god the goddess both... How do I explain this? So as you're following the year, there's a battle going on between summer and winter. And it is acted out through the story of the god and the goddess where the goddess both... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess this up. Essentially, the, the god comes alive um, in springtime. There's a great love affair. All, and, all and the gardens all, are in bloom. And it all plays out in nature. It all plays out in nature. There's a point in time where the god dies... The goddess mourns and then the god is born again. (laughs) And it's interesting. And that's why, like, it's so interesting to look at gender in this way, because I feel like in 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 the last, like, swath of the years of my adult life, I've tried to look beyond gender or like look into more non-binary spaces. And so it kind of almost feels like scandalous that I'm thinking about gender so much currently, (laughs) like in, in practicing Wicca. But it's like the goddess both births the god and becomes the god's lover and then lets the god die and mourns the god and it's like this like continuous cycle of male and female energy and all the ways that that can look or masculine and feminine energy and then there's also a time when everything's just like dead and barren and that's also i don't know i i think it's really helpful and i've been especially interested in it because 
I've been suffering from seasonal affect for years. <laughs> mm. And it's really nice to just like have these spaces of the year where you can acknowledge what's going on and getting ready for a time when it's mm. going to be dark. And um, also like coming together with people and acknowledging that. Yeah. 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 That seems That's... really valuable to instead of thinking like I'm broken because I'm depressed because it's been dark yeah. for what was it 14 hours or yeah. 16 hours of the day to be like, no, this is just a expected normal part of a bigger cycle. Yeah. And it'll happen every year. Yeah. And it's the same reason that, I mean, and, and I'm putting a story behind it too, mm-hmm. so that you can be a, a participant in the yeah. story instead of uh, collateral damage. Right. Mm, and I like that. Absolutely. And like, and Tarot does the same thing which kind of led me to being open to this faith practice of Wicca because Tarot in all those 78 cards or 79 or 80 or depending on what deck you're using, every single card you will experience many times in your life. So it's not if, it's when. Yeah. And it gives you, it like to hold that into your hands and to be able to look at it and to make spreads and like look at yourself in those stories and know that they, they're not an if, they're a when. Like they're inevitable. It's going to happen. Yeah. And it's going to happen over and over again. I think both of those practices for me are really healthy because you're just you're you you not only get ready for something like quote unquote bad that's going to happen you understand its place and so when it happens it doesn't hurt as much because you're like you can find a way to celebrate it even in the moment okay that's my ramble and when things are cyclical (laughs) yeah nothing's ever the end it's nothing's ever like okay this ruins my entire trajectory forever it's like no you'll come back around it's coming Um, do you want to talk a little bit i wanted to ask you about if you see any overlap in the the male figure, the male deity figure in Wicca and, like, the Christian god that you grew up with, the, like, father figure, the, like, climb in the lap. Or even the female Wiccan yeah. character. If that... As I mean, do you, ha- do you see any, like, thing that you find familiar from... Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like Wicca, it's easier to, like take away to like not gender the god and the goddess like to like see them as genderless and more of like this embodiment of the masculine and the feminine Mm -hmm. and it it shows me how that's so irreconcilable with the christian god and how there's just like this it it seems like it's really driven home that like this is a male and how that's so limiting and so for me it's been it's been nice to be able to feel that same God and understand that. Cause I went, I went from like male God to like no shape, no form yeah. universe source, yeah. you know? And then when I started getting into like the idea of, of paganism, I was like, I don't know if I want to put God in a box, but I'm realizing you're a you're, you can and yeah. like in God can wear these different reflections. So I guess, and it's a box that can open and close. Yeah. So it's, it's been a nice way to take those memories from childhood and reevaluate them under that lens, the lens of like more of a fluidity and like, and understand that. Yeah. So it's, it's the same God yeah. for me. Now I can kind of dismantle kind yeah. of the rigidity of, of yeah. what they were forced into before. The, the, <laughs> the process that I feel like I've been going through is the idea that Christianity has really limited the scope of what God is or, or who, if, Mm -hmm. if there's a identity to it, but that Christianity made it so small that exploring, you know, even napkin worship is like universe and, and gender and non-gender. And it's all like so much bigger than, 
even conceptualized, but Christianity puts these boundaries and limits on it that that make it so compact that you can't really, you have to subscribe Mm-hmm. In order to, they try to make it unambiguous. Yeah, when and it's in so doing, they're like yeah, drawing lines in the sand and and, and limiting. And yeah. I I feel like yeah. in a way that evangelicals would would condemn by saying like God is not as powerful as you are able to find it find a God expression in Wicca, like a an evangelical leader might say no, you can't. There's mm-hmm. a limit to where you can find God, which just makes it very, very tiny versus like finding what what you're looking for in all these different expressions makes it much bigger and more powerful and more accessible. That was my number, my biggest question before going to my first gathering, like going to the coven the first time is I, the person who asked me to join, I was like, I really respect you, you guys. And I like really don't want to offend you. And I, I really want to explore this. But what I'm nervous about is what if I don't feel goddess in my heart or what if I don't feel, mm-hmm. um, what if I, what if it doesn't, you know, or I'm doing it for a while. Like I was like, I've been here before. Like I've been in a faith practice before and felt very differently than everybody and mm-hmm. held on to that for like a decade longer yeah. than I should have. And it caused a lot of pain in my life. And I was like, what happens if I feel differently? What happens if we're all talking about the God and the goddess, I have completely different feelings about that. Mm -hmm. You know, will I be welcome to share or leave or say this doesn't work for me? And she was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like she was like, uh, yeah. Like, what do you, what do you mean? And I was like, I mean, will I be offending the group with my presence because I'm not aligned. And she was like, no, you'll be living your own faith journey and stay as long as it serves you. And that's such a, like, (laughs) inherited trauma response from Christianity where it's, there is an expectation that you have to feel and come to worship in a certain way Mm -hmm. or in a certain state of mind or state of body where you should feel shame if you've stayed up the night before drinking, or you should feel ashamed if you have been having extramarital sex or whatever, mm-hmm. pre or extramarital <laughs> sex. Anyway, that there's like some state of being that you need to submit to in order to, to be welcome or belong. That's... Or what if they knew? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imposter syndrome is really mm-hmm. strong in evangelicalism. It's true. Someone's going to find me out. Yeah, yeah. And so then there's a lot of hiding and pretending that has to happen to yeah. Yeah. be part of the group. Mm-hmm. And then everything you do, every time you read the Bible, you're forcing that bias, the confirmation bias, right? Where you're like, this, this helps me be the person I need to be in this community. Mm-hmm. If I use this scripture to define my limits, mm-hmm. that helps me be who I need to be in this group instead of just being. Yeah. I want to talk yeah, about witchcraft true. bias for just one moment. Cause I realized that listeners, you know, and like the whole idea of like, what if people are scared by the word witchcraft? Yeah. I just want to break it down to there is ceremony and ritual all over the fucking place. Yeah. Have you ever been to a birthday party? Have you ever been to a wedding? Have you ever been to like anything you got to show up to that's a molly Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. Christmas time, any holiday. That's, that's all witchcraft. That's all the same thing. It's like, if you're going to 
adorn yourself in certain robes, if you're going to cheers in certain ways, if you're going to sing certain songs, you're showing up. And so I think what scares people about rich witchcraft and ritual is just because it's just, it's all patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All patriarchy. I mean, it's all, yeah, it's all ritual. Mm-hmm. Every, we conduct so many rituals, even personal rituals, like that we don't even think about. Brushing you your know? teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I have... Like, the first thing I do every morning mm-hmm. is this. And so, like, that's part of my ritual for uh, entering into a new day and crossing this threshold mm-hmm. from sleepfulness into, I don't know, wake or productivity. You cannot escape from ritual. If, In yeah. fact, it's great. And helpful. And often helpful. Help. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say it's great. It's, it can be very useful. I was, and, just, yeah. I was thinking about, like, when you follow the seasons. Like, I was thinking about the way I described the craft. Because I was, and I'm excited to hear what Maggie had to say about that, too. But, like, witchcraft. Like, what does that mean? Or what does Wicca mean? Or whatever. And I was describing following the seasons. And I was like, at what point does that become scary to people? And I feel like the idea is it becomes scary when you bring out a cauldron or a knife or... Yeah. An antler. Or a and doll you with pins. gather a couple people together. And I'm like, we do that every day. Yeah, yeah just with yeah. different symbols. Yeah. yeah. And, like, all that stuff is also great. People like sparkly gems. People like silky robes. Yeah. Like, it yeah. is tactile. It's an experience. It's yeah. fun. That's all it is. It's, yeah. That's all. See. Yeah. I keep getting in rules. <laughs> I love the sparkly gems and silky robes because that is... Like, Everyone can get behind that. Yeah, yeah, you can take the most conservative Christian and be like, what's that sparkly gem on your finger married to a cis white male? Right. <laughs> the next time someone brings flowers for like a date, it's yeah. fucking witchcraft. I love it. Casting a spell. Mm, mm, <laughs> I'll share a little bit of my experience with witchcraft. It's more peripheral, I guess, or adjacent. Uh, my partner, Amanda, who is going to be doing the intro to our mm-hmm. podcast, so you might hear her voice, is self-identifies as a witch. And I I don't know, I do a lot of, like, kind of Eastern mysticism things, and she has sometimes been like, are you a witch too? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know that I want to call myself that, but we are doing very, very similar things. But anyway, she does tarot and, you know, has crystals and altars and all these things. And the way we often talk about it is it doesn't matter as much whether these tarot cards or gems or whatever they are, symbols, antlers, do they have a real energetic power connection to the universe? Maybe. Maybe not. Whatever. But it's like, is this adding a sense of wonder Mm -hmm. and connection to other people in the universe that's allowing you to move through this fucking difficult life more gracefully? Like, hell yeah. Yeah. And so... Give me like, all the antlers. Like, <laughs> fine. Like, who cares? If, if Yeah, if we can add a sense of wonder to our lives that is healthy for us and the people around us, yeah. do more of that. And I think that's kind of where the napkin worship thing kind of comes in. Yeah. Like, you know, from an Eastern mysticism thing, like, you could use that as a point of meditation mm-hmm. or examine it from different angles you know, imagine the universe being one and the same as this uh, is this it, tossed away thing in front of us. Like, is it real? Is it not real? There can be what profound contemplations with things like that. Is any of that capital T truth? Who cares? Yeah. Am I am I getting something valuable out of it? That's I think the. And are you harming question. anyone? Yeah. Because and of uh, it. yeah, yeah. Is is anyone 
getting hurt. The so. material in this napkin has been around since the dawn of time. Yeah. Like this came, this napkin I'm holding yeah. in my hand. I'm holding this napkin in my hand. <laughs> ASMR. And, ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get the letters out. Uh, it came from the same stardust and yeah. it has made the same journey. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, not the same journey. Clearly, it's a napkin and we're humans, but still. <laughs> I don't know. Just saying. But the fact that it's adjacent to you right now, like within oh, one foot. It's on the like, same podcast. Yeah, it's on the exact <laughs> same podcast. It's arguably a fourth host. I have, I have like, it could have traveled the opposite side of the universe, but it's here next to you. I arguably have hand. more in common with this napkin than like Barack Obama. <laughs> I mean, because you're in the same place. We're yeah. all in the same place right now. And Barack Obama's yeah. not here. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it's it's a shame. Also, yeah. He'll I be know. Here one I would day. really like him to join this conversation <laughs> <laughs> next time on Switcheroo. Yeah. Barack Obama and the nephew. He identifies as a Christian, I think. Yes, yeah. he does. Mm-hmm. Still. Yeah, Maggie. What are your thoughts on uh, what witchcraft is and why it's not scary? I started a journey of witchcraft at a very early, very early age, mostly because I very strongly believe in magic. And I believe magic is another word for wonder. Hmm. Like wonder and miraculous and mystical things being an actual measurable experience of the human condition. And I really wanted magic to change my life as a child. And I especially wanted magic to change my life right around eighth, ninth grade, which happened to be when the movie... Practical Magic came out. Starring Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock. Sandy B. Sweet, sweet, sweet Sandy B. And I identified very strongly with the way those actors portrayed the roles of gentle, loving, practicing the act of wonder. Mm. Which is, I especially, there's a a line in it that's like, uh, no, there's no devil in the craft. We like I make botanicals and I <laughs> I make uh, shampoo that tastes like peppermint and oatmeal and people want to eat it like that. There's like this magic in harnessing what the earth has to offer us and and using the energy to promote good. And I so I've never I have not done a lot of exploring around um, deity with witchcraft, but I really appreciate one of the kind of. Fats, facets of modern witchcraft is the idea of a green witch, which is uh, more centered around growing things in your garden. There are also kitchen witches, which I mm. really respond to the idea of healing people through through work that you can do on a stove or through things that you can imbibe really mm. appeals to me. Yeah. There's sex witches. Yeah. And I, mm. and I think kind of, yeah, you can have your practice kind of rooted in lots of different things. Yeah, I think, but I, I really appreciate the embodiment of the idea of witchcraft, uh, that it's a lot more centered on, on the physical body instead of this like unobtainable spiritual perfection that you're striving Mm -hmm. for that has, that is outside of yourself. I really appreciate the inside of myself practice do you to think that witchcraft is incompatible with christianity can you be a christian witch absolutely. or a witchy <laughs> christian i don't know if there'd be a difference absolutely you can i think okay, talk yeah about that. i think that it depends on what battles you want to pick in life 
but you can mm-hmm. call yourself whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I think the witches would have less of a problem with you calling yourself a Christian witch than the Christians. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> like, I think the, witches, the evangelicals, at least. The yeah. witches yeah. would be like, all right, all right, okay, fine. You like Jesus? Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool. And then I think the Christians would have a lot more to say. Yeah. If you stood in a church and said, I am a Christian witch. I don't know how that would go over, but if you stood in a coven circle and said, I am a Christian witch, they'd be like, do you... What, what, unpack that for us. I don't even know if they'd say that. I think they'd be like, why are you making this about yourself right now? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has to do that. That's awesome. We're trying to sing songs and shit. <laughs> do you have anything to add to that? Uh, I would Christian say witches? that um, within the context of evangelicalism, I think specifically... Because I feel like that it has become a cult. I feel like uh, evangelicalism has become, become... A, a, a cult in the most negative sense of the term. And we talked a little bit about sola scriptura. But because mm. there are specific passages in the Bible that refer to the idea of witches and how they have to die. <laughs> Do they call because... them witches specifically? And I mean, this would probably be in the... It's a translated Hebrew English. or Koine Greek. In... Yeah, I'm not sure in Greek or Hebrew or yeah. Aramaic. I mean, Elijah was translated. raising dry bones yeah, uh, and they were true. dancing around. And... But we also like to... <laughs> As evangelicals pick and choose, that's what our that's what I'm saying. Like it, and, it, within yeah. evangelicalism, when you give deity to the Bible, there is no place for Christian witch um, mm. because there are specific verses that would say no, like yeah. you can't do this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like so, if- I definitely think you can be into Jesus and even believe that Jesus died and yeah. was raised to life. And yeah. and still be a witch. So you might have to be outside be of evangelicalism. Yeah. But you could still be Christian and witchy. I think cool. you would have to put yeah. witch first on the marquee. Witch. A witchy Christian? Christian. Yeah, witch? witchy yeah. Christian. Christian. It also depends on what you, how do you define Christian? Yeah, Now sure. it's not, because like and a lot of And how you define witchy. Have, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah, we always have to define it. Uh, yeah, because right. if it's Judeo-Christianity, where it comes from the Old Testament background of uh, Judaism, there's a shit ton of ritual there. <laughs> yeah, right? Like sacrificing your kids and yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and animals and stuff. Like, that sounds mm-hmm. kind of like a lot of the pagan stuff. Um, I know in Buddhism, like, you can absolutely be a Buddhist Christian. Yeah. And it's more... Buddhism can be very, like, you know, angels and demons and stuff, but it's mostly, for most people, just like a philosophy or something you could put over any religion or any philosophy or anything else. And so it's just like, you know, you're just kind of like adding this to the mix and using it as a lens or perspective to see Christianity and the world through. Is there anything that you need to dive into? I don't need to, but I have a lot of juicy pockets that you guys haven't dived into. Like sexy stuff? <laughs> like, well, yeah. Like your lady pocket? About, yeah, I want to talk about sexy <laughs> we stuff. We haven't talked about... Yeah, we haven't always talked about... Definitely haven't talked about sex, and this is a sex and religion podcast. Yeah. We definitely haven't talked about sex, and there, we might laugh a lot a little harder. Okay. Well, I'm a furry now. <laughs> I don't okay. want to have Maggie's a furry. I don't want to besmirch furries, because I, I don't think I'm actually a furry. Yeah, I'm a furry now that Beastars is out. Okay. So... I mean, I don't know that I'll ever dress up, but yeah. I'll be like, I see you. Yeah. I, I see you. I get it. I get it. I get where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> there's, there's some sexy rabbits and wolves yeah. chasing each other down. Okay, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be back. Back here. That's the girl, what's she doing? She's talking on the telephone. 